You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. We're here at SFNSF speaking with Susan Powick. Thanks for joining me, Susan. You're welcome. Susan, your work has a really interesting texture of being set in the future, but having so much of today in it. And it makes me think about how um, so many past science fiction writers have set stuff. If you read like Philip K. Dick, he's got Martian time slip. It's set in like 1978 and we're on Mars. But 1978 was really not all that different from when he was writing. And I think this is something that you really understand deeply in your writing. Well, I I think you're talking primarily about shelter. Mm -hmm. Um, And Shelter was a very long time in the making, and when I started it, the present time of that book was much farther in the future than it was when the book was published. <laughs> so I'm well aware that it's outdated in certain ways, but so think of it as sort of an, an alternate reality rather than a future. Well, well, tell us a little bit about the, the ideas behind Shelter. They're really fascinating. Well, one of them is that, which I hope isn't realistic, I mean, I really hope it isn't realistic, is that certain kinds of compassion have been declared a form of mental illness. There's something called excessive altruism, where society at large has declared that, you know, you want to take care of people, it's great to give to people, but if you do that to your own detriment, then there's something wrong with you and you need therapy and possibly gene treatment. So... Um, And I, you know, that has come out of interactions with various people I know who who like to do their part, but only if it's not inconveniencing them any. You may be familiar with the book Mountains Beyond Mountains by Tracy Kidder, um, which is about Paul Farmer, who's an American physician in Haiti who's done amazing things with reducing AIDS and TB and getting treatment for people who aren't supposed to be able to afford it in the poorest country in the world. And Farmer says, you know, I love American liberals. You know, they they fund my projects. But the problem with American liberals is is that they want to save the world without giving anything up. And that's that was sort of the idea behind that part of shelter. This is a, is a, a fairly uh, political book, then, and I wonder if you talk about care to talk about using science fiction uh, concepts to talk about the present day. Well, I think science fiction is always about the present day. I mean, all literature is always really about the time when it's written. It's um, you know, it's 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 sideways or it's you know, it's inside out, but it's reflecting those same concerns. Um, someday, I want to teach a course that pairs works of fantastic or speculative literature with works of realism written and published during the same year. Um, And one of the examples is that A.E. Van Vogt's Slan and um, Richard Wright's Native Son were published the same year. And if you look at them, you know, they're both about manhunts for feared and despised mutants. The Wright book is ultra-realistic and ends with, a, you know, the the outcast, the marginalized figure being hunted down and killed. And Slan ends with, you know, the, the, the mutant being... Um, triumphant and finding his own kind and it has a happy ending but they're clearly responding to the same social conditions 
That's a really fascinating observation. I don't think anybody else has ever thought to pair A. Van Vogt and Richard Wright. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I'm a science fiction writer. What do you expect? Could you tell me what you're working on now? I am working on a historical fantasy novel set in central Nevada. The title is Driving to November. The premise of the book is that there's a magical valley in central Nevada, sort of the Brigadoon of the West, um, and the valley is named November, and it was settled in 1864 by a group of people who wandered into a cave during a freak snowstorm and found themselves in a place that shouldn't exist. Um, The present of the book is in 1990, but you can only get to this valley if you were conceived there or are traveling with someone who is. So the book is very much about the valley's history and the tension between um, isolationism and engagement with the outside world. And this sounds, again, like we're talking not about 1990 nor about when they wandered in there, but about the present. Sure. There's a lot of war stuff in the book. Um, One of the main characters is a Vietnam veteran. There's an old historical conflict about whether the young men of the valley should enlist for World War I. Um, So that's that's definitely a theme in so far in what I've written. Could you tell me a little bit about how, how you start work on a book like this? This sounds like a really complicated project. It's really complicated. It's taken a really long time, um, and I, it has been very disorganized. I wrote a first draft that was all in 1990, and then I decided, oh, I need to have these historical chapters, so I wrote them like a year later, and then the whole thing just sat there for two years. And now I've gotten back into it because I decided that the historical chapters had to go backwards. So the historical chapters are actually running from 1948 back to 1864 and interspersed with the 1991s. I have no idea if anyone will be able to make any sense of this, but but it's letting me write again. So This sounds really fascinating. Could you tell us a little bit just about your process? Do you, when you conceive of when you conceived of this did you like have an outline or did you just say in the beginning there I I got the idea for the valley I was doing a road trip across central Nevada with my sister Um, I had gotten a sabbatical leave from the university to to research and write this book which was going to be fantasy set in central Nevada and that was all I knew and I I I love Nevada and I love that part of the state the middle of it Um, and the magical valley like the other dimension in the nece- in my book, The Necessary Beggar, allows me to make something up and write fantasy while also writing about the real world. And I, I like doing both of those things at once. I think that's really fun. Um, but I, you know, I'm not good at research. I don't enjoy it. And this is the book I'd never said. I said I'd never write. There's like, you know, there's there's a sixth-generation family tree that I have to keep referring to because I have to figure out who's third cousins with whom. And, you know, it, it's driving me nuts and working out all the dates and everything. So I, I think that eventually when we say, I'm never going to write X, X comes and bites us and goes, you're going to write me now. <laughs> that is, that's what seems to have happened. We've been speaking with Susan Palwick. Thank you for joining me, Susan. Thank you very much. Pleasure.
You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.